Ministries of Southwest Church, located in the heart of Springboro, Ohio, at 150 Remick Boulevard, beside the Kaufman Family YMCA. Please visit our website at www.southwestchurch.org. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Senior Minister Roger Hendricks. We want to celebrate our future together as we anticipate more of what the Lord will do in the life of Southwest. And to illustrate the importance of us continuing to ask and imagine great things for the future, The Lord is on record in Scripture of honoring those who claim His promises and dream of an exciting future. We're going to be looking at yet this week, briefly, another inspirational character described in Scripture. During the past two weeks, if you were here, we've looked at two inspiring individuals from Scripture. One we looked at is a guy named uh, Barnabas. And we looked at through this series of messages, a more series, that Barnabas was an individual who embraced his unique identity, his unique giftedness from God. In fact, he was so gifted at encouraging and supporting others that he was given the nickname Son of Encouragement. That's who he was called by God to be. And then we read in the early church how Barnabas, time after time, would step up and do what God was calling him to do to make a difference in the life of other Christians. How he would come along and support, whether it was Paul, or whether it was John Mark, or whether it was some some early Christians that weren't from a Jewish background. He came alongside them and supported them, and he did what God was calling him to do to make a difference in the life of the church. Then last week, we looked at Isaiah, this courageous individual, that when he received his unique calling from God, he says, here am I, Lord, send me. He was willing to go into the the world and go into that particular arena that God was calling him to serve and serve with faith. Our hope and prayer is that as we've spent the past seven weeks discussing as a church family and in our small groups, our common calling of being a church that's serious about following Jesus, making disciples in Southwest Ohio, that you've also been discovering and sensing in your life God's unique calling for how he wants to uniquely use you and work through you how he's called you to be the person he has planned all along for you to be, how he's called you to do what he has gifted you to do, to make a difference in the life of the church and in the world, and how he's calling you to go into new ministries and new mission initiatives to make a difference. I was greatly encouraged a couple weeks ago to receive an email from someone here at Southwest that's relatively new. Jeremy and Heather Ashmore have been worshiping at Southwest since April, and and this fall they became a part of the small group that meets in my wife and I's home on Sunday evenings. 
And I was just so encouraged, and I got permission from Jeremy to share this email with you. This is what he wrote me. He said, I'd love to get together to discuss how my talents could benefit Southwest. I've truly enjoyed being part of something great and would like to give back. He went on to write, he says, I've seen tremendous growth in my family and myself since we started attending church back in April. We did not realize there was an emptiness in our lives that is now getting filled with Jesus. I was so encouraged to get this email and to see that Jeremy and Heather were really taking to heart what we've been talking about through this more series. I know this series has really spoken to my life and my heart. It's really confirmed in my heart some direction I'm sensing from God in my life, and I hope that it's having that impact on you. And my hope is that each and every one of you are doing the hard work of discovery through the various exercises that we've been participating in the small groups. In the small group booklet, there's all these little worksheets for you to do some further discovery and and examination to ask yourself, who am I called to be? What am I called to do? And where am I called to go in the world and in what ministries and mission initiatives? Maybe for some of us that maybe haven't really taken it to heart like Jeremy has and others, maybe for some of us we need to go back and look at some of those exercises and ask ourselves, what are the unique missions and unique ministry opportunities that God has called me to serve? How does God want to utilize the, the, the gifts and, and the talents so that I can be that masterpiece or that workmanship in God's hand, as Ephesians 2 says, to make a lasting difference? One individual in Scripture who had the, had the vision for the future to claim everything that God called him to be was a guy named Caleb. He's one of the unsung heroes in Scripture. I I love Caleb. Caleb was a contemporary of a a great Jewish leader, a guy named Joshua. Joshua, you might remember, was the guy that was Moses' assistant and went on to become the leader of the Israelites after Moses died. But if you go back, even even while Moses was still living, Joshua and Caleb were two of 12 spies that Moses had picked out of the 12 tribes of Israel to go and scout out the promised land, to see the land that God had planned for the Israelites to occupy. Now, God had promised them, this is the land. In fact, if you go back in time, all the way back to the patriarch Abraham, God had said, I'm preparing a place for my people. I'm preparing a territory. I'm preparing a place for them to go. Just like we've been talking about in this series, God's preparing each of us to serve him in some unique way. The question is, will we have the faith to claim that? Well, Caleb was an individual of faith. And Caleb said, listen, if God has promised us this land, then we can certainly take it. 
So Moses sends out the 12 spies and they go and scout out the land and, the, and they all come back and they say, man, it is a land of milk and honey. It's rich. In fact, they come back carrying fruit from the land. I mean, it's just this abundant harvest. But in spite of how rich the land was and how promising it looked, 10 of the 12 spies reported back to Moses Yes, it's a rich land, it's a great land, but there's too many obstacles for us to take it. I mean, the people that live in this land, they're giants. They're descendants of Anak. The the cities are fortified. There's no way we can ever take this land. It's just too many obstacles. But I love Joshua and Caleb. Because they were the minority voices, but these two of the 12 spies said, if God promised it, we can certainly do it. Let's read how Caleb described it. And by the way, if you go back and read that story, do you remember what happened? The 10 negative spies, they persuaded the Israelite people, we can't do it. And so the people murmured and said, why, why did you bring us out here? And, and because of that, God disciplined them and said, you gotta wait 40 more years to inherit the promised land. The only two of those original group of people that ever got to experience the promised land were Caleb and Joshua. Why? Because they had the faith to say, if God promised it, we can do it. I want you to listen to what Caleb said 45 years after the, the 10 spies had persuaded the rest of the Israelites, we can't do it. Listen to what Caleb's, I love his can-do attitude. In Joshua 14, verse six, Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. I don't know about you, but I love Caleb's can-do attitude. I love that Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord's call in his life. How about you and me? Could that be said about you? Could that be said about me? There's an individual who wholeheartedly follows the Lord's call in their life. We've been looking throughout this series about are we responsive to God's unique call in our life? What's the answer? Are we willing to wholeheartedly respond to that call? Do we have the kind of can-do attitude that says, listen, if God promises it, then it's gonna happen. Do we have that kind of faith that says, with God's power, we can certainly do it? That was Caleb's attitude. But not only was that Caleb's attitude when he first spied out the land, 45 years later when he'd been waiting and waiting and waiting for that promise to be fulfilled, he still believed that God could 
fulfill that promise even all those years later. Isn't it tough when you've been waiting for that prayer to be answered to keep believing that God's going to answer it? Isn't it tough when you've been waiting for years to see that that area of your life that you've struggled with and you've been clinging to a promise that with God's power you can overcome and overcome that temptation or that besetting sin. You see, it's important for us not just to have faith initially, but to, to follow through and to continue to live out our faith. That's what we see with Caleb. He followed through. In fact, listen to what he says here in verse 10 as he follows through in his faith. He says, now as you can see, The Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised, for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns, but the Lord is with me. I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. I would have loved to have seen the 85-year-old Caleb. How about you? You know, I'm thinking, man, this guy is one strong dude. Here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing one of those older guys pictured in those P90X commercials that says, if you do this for 45 days, you can look like me, okay? That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing Caleb ripped, okay? I mean, he's saying, man, I'm as strong as I was 45 years ago. I'm ready to claim the land. But you know, he wasn't only strong physically. He was strong spiritually. He said, for 45 years, I've been hanging on to this dream. And I've been hanging on to the confidence that the Lord is going to accomplish what he promised. How about you and I? Are we strengthening those faith muscles to continue to believe that all of God's promises are true? Are we continuing to strengthen our faith muscles to say, yes, I believe that God can certainly do it. Why? And I believe that we as a church can certainly do what God's called us, to be a witness to the world, to stand up in a world that desperately needs to hear some good news, to be that church that says, listen, we're that church that's gonna hold up good news for all to hear that Jesus is Lord. And he's come to bring good news to every person's life that will embrace him. Are you and I willing to stay the course? To exercise our faith in God's power and provision for our life? For us to individually become the masterpiece that God's planned for us from long ago? And for us to be the church that God's called us to be? 
My hope and prayer is that this Morris series won't simply just be a seven-week blip in the life of our church, but I'm hopeful and praying that this seven-week, eight-week series that we've done entitled More, that people throughout this church are going to say, listen, I need to step up and start participating in this ministry in the church. I need to step up and start providing leadership for this new mission initiative that people throughout the church will be answering God's call just as Caleb was willing to answer the call and say, listen, even though I know there's some obstacles with God's power, I can certainly do it. The reason that we can have certainty that, like Caleb, that God will work through our lives and through our church is the promise that Caleb cling to is that God is with us. One of the many benefits of taking communion weekly is that we're continually reminded as a church of God's love and his promise to empower us to live the more abundant life in Christ. In Romans 8, we read this promise. In verse 31, what, shall, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Verse 37, he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As we conclude our time together this morning with communion, Let's remember, in this time of communion, as we take the bread, as we take the juice, that we are loved by God. As we take this communion, let's be reminded that if God Almighty would not even spare his own son to show us how much he loves us, why do we not think he will not continue to graciously pour into our lives and into our church what he's called us to be. You know, this, this passage that reminds us how much God loves us and longs to empower us says, listen, if God won't, even was willing to spare his son, why do we doubt that he wants to work in our lives powerfully? In fact, he says, no, we are more than conquerors. Caleb was a conqueror. He conquered the promised land because he trusted God. Are we willing to live our lives of faith and be more than conquerors? That's the promise that we have in Christ. Let's claim that promise during this time of communion and let's celebrate the love that God has for us. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for just your word and how rich it is. Thank you for individuals like Caleb who trusted you and truly believed that you would work in their life and that you would bring and fulfill the promises you'd made to them. Father in Christ, you've promised us a more abundant life. Help us claim that promise. Help us during this time of communion to be grateful of your love and the love of your son to die for us. Help us, Father, examine our lives and 
and to quit making excuses of why we're not living that more abundant life and help us resolve during this Thanksgiving season to be thankful for what you've given us and live it out in a more abundant way. We love you, God. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray.